winners, the people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. The Yukon hit the front over North Africa. Joining in quickly, Namazu, the outside. Coming off its back, Planet Warrior. Namazu struck the front over to Yukon. Planet Warrior into the clear. Echo point up on the inside. Planet Warrior, Namazu. Sail late. Here's Sail flying at the end. Sail coming at Planet Warrior. Sail went up, grabbed them. One. Sail beat Planet Warrior. Namazu, third rule of the world. Fourth. Then came Quality Asset. Echo point to Yukon. Penny the Mackay Cup last Saturday for the CE Group going to the Lindsay Hatch train sale on a big day out for Robbie Frad riding a treble at the program, including the Cup, as the carnival continued its way up the coast. As we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week here on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country news. We'll look back at some of those uh, provincial tab meetings on the, the week that has just been completed. The Winter Cup at Townsville went to Deadly Diva last Tuesday, and we'll have a look at uh, some of the, the country cups as well. Big day out at Bundaberg on a Saturday with Svindale for Matthew Powell and Ian Prizman taking out the Bundaberg Gold Cup. News on that for you shortly. Big day out at Julia Creek for Tanya Parry. No less than 18 runners there and certainly makes the Premiership quite interesting at the moment. But Todd Austin didn't let her get too far away with a double at Longreach with news on that. And what a day out for the ladies at Atherton. Lacey Morrison and Charlie Hoffman with four wins apiece. Lots of news to get through on the show today. As always, helping us out with lots of news each and every week on Bushbeat is Rob Luck. G'day, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners, and plenty to cover today, Tony. Um, of course, the Carnival of Cups continues on, and Mackay, no exception. I, I think I read on social media on um, Saturday, and it's amazing how these stories uh, do come to fruition in the end, Tony, but Lindsay Hatch was uh, trying to win a Mackay Cup for some time, so it was great to see him get that win with Sale over Planet Warrior Namazu and Robbie Fred, as you said, with that treble. But just amazing, isn't it, how these things fall into play sometimes? And congratulations to Lindsay Hatch on that uh, victory. The uh, Northern Carnival continues on when we make our way to Townsville. The Lightning is coming up on August 4. Townsville Cup Day is August 6. Cairns Cup Day is August 27 for the Cairns Jockey Club. And then uh, we're back at Cairns for the Amateurs coming up on September 10 as the Tab North, uh, Northern Queensland Winter Racing Carnival continues its merry way up the coast. Been some great racing so far. And as I said, Robbie Frab with a big day there. I've got to give uh, trainer Clinton Taylor a shout-out as well. Not only did he have a double at the Mackay program on Saturday, Rob, Clinton also had uh, a double... Now, what was the other meeting? I saw he had uh, a couple. He had one at Rocky on the Tuesday Tab program, and he also had a double at the Emerald Non-Tab program on Saturday. So six winners between Tuesday and Saturday for the stable. Oh, it's a stable that goes extremely well, and yeah, that and he took the cutest money uh, with better deal in that uh, Mackay win with Justin Stanley on board, and of course uh, Mackinate for Robbie Frad and uh, Clinton Taylor, and and talk about a return to a hometown victory or a previous hometown victory. Uh, mentioned to Stewie Kendrick, another Robbie Frad winner with Stockton Loaded, the final event on the program. Of course, Stewie Kendrick uh, was originally based in Mackay, uh, of course now one of our leading trainers on the uh, on the Sunshine Coast area, Tony. And just for Robbie Fred, five winners in two days because he rode a double at the Lockyer Valley Turf Club meeting at Gatton on the Friday and backed it up with the treble at Mackay there on the Saturday. Also at the Gatton program, Isabella Rab-Jones rode a double. I mentioned the Winter Cup going to Deadly Diva for Nathan Day and Tony Comerford on uh, Thursday at Townsville. 
Bonnie Thompson and Frankie Edwards each rode a double. Frank combined with Ricky Ludwig for his double. And not only did Clinton Taylor have a double at the Rockhampton tab meeting on Tuesday, but so did jockey Tiffany Brooker. So always nice to be able to congratulate and acknowledge all of those multiple winners. But it was Matthew Powell's big day out at Bundaberg on Saturday. Rob, it was Bundaberg Gold Cup Day. And the voice of Bundaberg, Jared Wessel, is with us this morning on Bushwick to look back at that. Morning, Jared. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Rob. Yeah, good morning to you, Jared, and and the Bundaberg Gold Cup Day, uh, Lindsay Brothers sponsorship. I'm pretty sure I noticed there, but it was as much a Matthew Powell day. And uh, Jared, this jockey's been in some really good form. He had a treble last week, I'm pretty sure at Gladstone, and doubles in previous weeks. What can you tell us about Matthew Powell, and uh, tell us about his winners on the weekend? Well, I can tell you his, his winners in particular were outstanding rides on Saturday. They were uh, a, a sort of varying uh, sort of sort of um, jobs that he had to get done. Dynamic verse over the short course. Jumped out well off that inside gate, but sort of by this point in the afternoon, the, the midway point, it, sort of the jockeys were looking to get towards the outside part of the track. So despite the small field, he was able to just tuck in behind uh, a couple of the leaders, Ramtastic and Fortnite, and get off the fence, get towards the outside part of the track, and Dynamic Verse did the the rest from there. And it wasn't plain sailing for Spindle in the Cup as well. He missed the start by oh, a length and a length and a half, and Matty sort of had to, to balance him up. And, and with the big weight, he had to uh, sustain a long run around the field and was still able to lift him over the top of uh, of the favourite there to share the last little bit. So it was a, a terrific riding day for, uh, for Matthew on Saturday at Bundaberg. Yeah, his other winner came with Trevor Thomas with Clareview uh, Jet that had won at Gympie this last week. Those previous two that you mentioned, they're certainly in good form, those uh, horses as well, Dynamic Verse and Swindle, because uh, out of their last few runs, three wins and two placings out of five for Dynamic Verse. Findle, th- uh, three wins and a placing the four. And Clareview Jet coming off that win, the Jet Spur. So it wrapped up a good day for him, certainly. It certainly was. Vindel was uh, a terrific winner in the Cup for uh, for Matthew and, and Ian Price when he put the riding on the wall uh, sort of three starts ago where he beat Wrecking Ball and Fab's Cowboy uh, at, uh, at Gladstone and uh, and then finished uh, third behind Marway and JJ in a race where he probably wasn't best suited to the weights there, Vindel, uh, at Thangul. So he was uh, a big mover in the market. I think he was around about $4.60 or $4.80 at the, uh, the Calcutta on Friday afternoon, ended up uh, jumping around the $3 mark. So Plenty of uh, punters sort of uh, gravitated towards Findel, and he was a very strong winner. As I said, he had to sustain the long run around the field, and he was still able to uh, to out tough Dare to Share, who ran well in second. There was a big gap back to third, uh, something like seven lengths uh, between Dare to Share and, and Wrecking Ball. So uh, that was a good run by him, considering we were a little bit uh, had a bit of a query on him at a, a strong 1380 metres Dare to Share, but. He's certainly going to be a good cup source for connections there in, in the next couple of years. He's still only three, only turns four uh, at the, uh, the start of next week. And Wrecking Ball probably just doesn't have the same uh, zip that he had 12 months or, or a couple of years ago. But uh, he's still a, a pretty consistent all-time uh, performer. I think that's his sixth placing in a row without winning. So he's still uh, returning the uh, the, checks, uh, the checks for the, uh, the, the Gardner team. Yeah, the Pat Duff stable, it's been going very well on some of these sand tracks. I noticed Gimpy and now Bundaberg, well, he didn't get it, uh, the result in the Cup, but uh, he did take the final event on the program with Jeno uh, uh, and Paul Hamlin combining with Pat for that winner. Yeah, this was another heavily back runner, 280 into $1.50. And although he settled, uh, he's another horse who missed the start and, uh, and sort of had to track wide into the race. Uh, although he settled back towards the rear, probably from the 600 metre mark, he didn't want to be on anything else. And Gee, let down beautifully in the straight. Geno uh, seemed like he, he went from being three lengths in front to being seven lengths in front in a heartbeat. So he raced right away, official margin, ten and a half length. And it, it was all on as he had the 61 kilos. 
I think uh, the next top weight um, was our last penny with 56.5. So he's sort of giving five-plus kilos to uh, to most of the runners in the race. And, uh, gee, that was a very, very impressive win. Geno able to race right away for Paul Hamlet and Pat Duff and, and beat home the Murray pair in, in Galvarino and our last penny who've, uh, who've picked up the minor money. Love to see the cutest money go off, Jared, and the first three place getters in the benchmark 60 cutest race uh, took it. But even better that uh, local trainer Mary Hassam, she's doing a great job with uh, a daunting princess, a daunting lad that won at Thangul last week. Yes, he certainly is. Uh, the two Dawnings have been good for her. Uh, of course, uh, uh, Dawning Queen, who's been a, a very, very consistent performer for Mary for a long time. Dawning Princess starting to uh, to build a good little record as well. And uh, she was another one who was able to sort of sit out wide on the track and with just a 52 kilos after the claim for Lily Bar, she was able to overhaul the uh, the favourite in Sherwood Prince and at Toy Blaze for another local trainer in Lynn Peterson, as you said, filled out the uh, the third spot and, and collected the cutest money. So uh, it's always good to see these uh, these country trainers collect the, the cutest money when it's uh, offered up. And uh, I'm sure the uh, the three sets of connections there were over the moon to take home a little bit extra after the uh, the benchmark 60 on Saturday. Yeah, and you'd love to own a horse like Dawning Princess, 25% uh, win record. Now it's building that that nice uh, career performance, as you mentioned. And a young uh, apprentice kicked off the uh, program, Shania Willis. She's still claiming four, uh, but uh, she had a good winner for Peter Blackwell. And I'll let you the, do the pronunciation for sure, but it's I think it's Dulai Altai Mayora. Yeah, that's correct. We had the two Pretty close. <laughs> Yeah, we had the two favourites in the first one was Foxy Five and the other ones, yeah, Dual at Old Time Myora. And I said to someone uh, just in the betting room before the race, well, I know which one I'd prefer uh, uh, to, to, to be coming over the line in first because I know which one's easier to call. Uh, but, uh, no, it was a good win by Dual at Old Time Myora and I don't think you'll see a Shania claiming four for too much longer uh, in the country. She's certainly going about uh, her business uh, very, very stylishly and uh, this is a good... Uh, solid ride on doing that old time. I were able to uh, to overhaul uh, by by uh, we'll go again Boita and also Hush Puppy who uh, who filled out the minor money. But I think doing that old time by Aura might be able to go through the the gears now. He's he's got the win on the board. He was second to Clairview Jet two back in a, a maiden at uh, Gympie. That was of course uh, what uh, Saturday week ago when as we saw we saw Clairview Jet win at Bundaberg again Saturday. So that form's sort of been doubly franked and. I think Dual at Old Time Myora is uh, going to find a few more suitable options in uh, uh, on these bush tracks in the not too distant future. Yeah, Jared, this Bundaberg club's going uh, continuing with great strength and uh, good sponsorship across the board. I notice uh, Lindsay Brothers, a, a well-known transport company in that area, Lindsay Australia Proprietary Limited, took the sponsorship for the Bundaberg Gold Cup. I imagine the day was well supported, uh, not only with sponsorship but um, crowd and fashions of the field, etc. It certainly was. Uh, we've also got, as we said, we've got our Calcutta on uh, on Friday afternoon, which is sponsored by Next Payments, Tim Wildash, who's based down in Victoria and Melbourne. Uh, he's uh, developed a bit of a, uh, a love for the uh, the Bundaberg Cup Carnival. He always makes the trip up uh, every, well, tries to every year. Unfortunately, uh, I think he'd had a few, a couple of years off due to uh, to COVID. He hadn't been able to get up the last two years. So uh, Tim was able to get up again this year to, uh, to Bundaberg, and uh, he certainly enjoys the time, and he's a, a big uh, sponsor and a uh, a big fan of the Bundaberg uh, Cup Carnival, so a, a big thanks to him as well. And yeah, certainly uh, a well um, sort of uh, how will I say it? Always has put very good attendance uh, the, the Bundaberg Cup Carnival right across the board from the golf day Thursday to uh, to lunch Friday and and Saturday as well. And we must say thanks as well to uh, to our special guest Tony Gollan and uh, and Ben Thompson who made the trek up from Brisbane for the uh, 
the weekend, and uh, I'm sure they both had a good time. I saw they, they went to, along to the uh, the Bundaberg Rum Distillery on Friday afternoon, so I uh, don't think they got in too much trouble there. <laughs> ben was on the, uh, the, the late plane back Friday night to ride Saturday, but uh, I think Tony enjoyed himself over the course of the weekend, and Hopefully we could see him back in Bundaberg again soon. Yeah, it's always nice when you can get uh, one of the uh, the stars of South East Queensland in the Premier Trainer there to come up. Uh, it looked like the, from some of the social media postings that uh, the, the Gollans had a, a wonderful weekend there in Bundaberg. Jared, there was a little concern going into the week, of course, with all of the wet weather that was uh, looming across the week. They were talking 100 to 200 mil, and it was looking you know, pretty ordinary, I think, as early as Tuesday. And, yes, the golf day wasn't able to go ahead on the Thursday, but thankfully it all cleared up, and you couldn't have for better weather, really. Yes, it was almost like the uh, the sun went down uh, Friday night and, and we sort of had awful sort of rain, driving rain and, and miserable cold conditions and it came up Saturday and we had just the absolute perfect day. A little bit of wind sort of uh, sweeping across the town, which was perfect to, to dry out the track. And in the end, we ended up with a beautiful racing surface on Saturday. Uh, so we did get pretty lucky because sort of, as you say, Tony, that Tuesday, Wednesday, we saw the forecast. It didn't look flash. And then the rain did come uh, Thursday and, and, and Friday. And we got a decent chunk, I think something like uh, 40 or 50 mils over the course of a, a couple of days. So uh, we were able to uh, to go ahead uh, on Saturday with uh, some good good work from the uh, the track staff there. Brian Steinle, who's also the starter, he does a, a really good job considering he's only a, a part-time staff member there at the uh, the Bundaberg Racetrack. And, and Shannon and, and Dale and uh, Natalie and the team there, they've done a, a really good job to make sure we're still, still able to go ahead and, and race on Saturday at Bundaberg. What's the next meeting for Bundy? Uh, we're coming up first Saturday in September, which is our uh, big Alton race day sponsored by uh, Mark McLean. And uh, we'll get a, another big crown for there. I think this is the, uh, they sort of build it up as the big fashions of the field event of the year. And black and white's often the uh, the uh, the sort of colour for the, the day. So I'm sure we'll have a big crowd out there again. I think it's the uh, the 3rd of September. That's our next race day in Bundaberg. While you've been busy telling us all of that, I've been uh, merrily Googling Dolat Altai Mayora. <laughs> I can't tell you much more other than Dolat is Malay for sovereign. Mayora uh, is Latin for major. This isn't like the Muktigmihapanis connections, is it? Where they have a couple of combinations of uh, of the uh, the different languages to be able to come up with a name, just to be able to, I guess, test the race caller. I think so. I've, I've uh, struck a couple of these uh, these horses in the past, so they certainly keep you on on the on the toes. That when you see a new one, in there's a, a bit of a chill goes up the spine to, to try and find <laughs> out what, what the correct pronunciation is. So uh, certainly keep us on the job. We'll have to uh, work on that one a, a little more, I think. I've, I've got two out of the three words. I'm two-thirds the way there trying to translate, but it was there. Yeah, I remember when Muktig was going around and, yeah, nobody had a clue what Muktig Mihai Parnas <laughs> was and it took us ages to be able to check it out. I think Peter Blackwell might be the owner and we might have to uh, put Steve on the job there to find out what uh, combination of uh, different languages that uh, he, Mr Blackwell might be using on his horses at the moment. <laughs> Certainly top echelon being the stallion i don't know what the combination is with that either tony i don't think there's much guide there no well the the mayor was ad mayora semper and that was what led me down a little bit of a, a latin feel semper being always i think um yeah in in latin um yeah ad mayora semper is a latin phrase that means two greater things so you know it lends itself to all sorts of wonderful things when you can go down that path it just yeah has us a little bit confused at the moment trying to work out exactly how to say it all <laughs> Jared, I just hope they stay in the southeast corner and don't venture too far west. 
hopefully we can uh, we we'll try and stop them at Bundaberg and we won't let them we'll keep going too yeah too much further north or or any further west. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try and keep them in this little uh, little corridor down here in southeast Queensland. Good on you, Jared. Appreciate the update this morning and uh, sounds like it was a great day there for Bundaberg. We'll catch up with you on Bush Beat again soon. Sounds great. Thanks very much, guys. Talk soon. Jared Wessel there looking back at Bundaberg Gold Cup Day on the weekend. Yes, it's always fascinating, Rob, when you, you come up with either a name that's just a little bit out of the ordinary with some of the, uh, the language like that or it's a very, very catchy name. Uh, like who shot the barman or Waikikamukau, yep. you know, those sort of ones. They become cult horses uh, when they've got catchy names. Uh, there's one going around in South Australia at the moment. Uh, trying to think of it off the top of my head and I can't. It's something like fluffy pink slip, fluffy bunny slippers or something like that. Right. Yeah, I'll find it. it it'll come back to me eventually. <laughs> yeah, cult hero status does come with names, that's for sure. Yeah, very much so. What you were mentioning before about the uh, the uh, wonderful stories that have been going around on uh, Racing Queensland's website and social media, and I've got to give a wrap to the team, uh, and I'm, I know I'm going to leave somebody out here, but, yeah, uh, Bluey Davis was the, the one that wrote the story about Lindsay Hatch, and it's great to be able to get a little bit of that insight into the fact that Lindsay grew up in North Queensland and Eyre and uh, has certainly been a regular visitor to the NQ Carnivals in recent years. And he's already ticked off the Mackay Cup. He, I'd say that now he'll be wanting to uh, head on to the Townsville Cup because Lindsay said in that interview with Glenn that he went to school in Eyre and used to go to the Townsville races with his dad. And he left there when he was 14 to become an apprentice in Brisbane where he rode 120 winners and won the Gold Coast Apprentices title and still has a lot of friends up north and was really uh, keen to, to get his horses up there. And just having a look at some of the other stories, Darren Cartwright put a great one together about Brianna Fay, who uh, started at age 16 helping out in the judges' box or the photo finish team with her grandmother, uh, Margaret. Oh, yes. Uh, and, and I did on, read this one. Yeah, and went on to talk about uh, yeah, what it takes to be able to put together the photo finishes and having to balance, the, get a good colour balance and the focus on the on the mirrors and everything like that. And, and Bluey's also written a story about... Um, Jasmine and Greg uh, Cornish uh, heading off to Kilcoy today with Dream Entity. And there was a lovely story from Jordan Gerrans about Adrian Lake moving to Townsville uh, and uh, how that's going to benefit the family where his five-year-old uh, son Liam has muscular dystrophy and the, uh, the warmer climates there in Townsville are going to be uh, so much more uh, beneficial to, uh, to young Liam's health. So well done to all of the RQ media team. They've been working overtime, I think, getting some of these stories out there. And they do share them on social media. You'll find links on Facebook through their page, RaceQ. Uh, they go out on their Twitter handle as well, or you can just go to the Racing Queensland website and check them out. And, Tony, it's the things you pick up, like you mentioned, Lindsay Hatch Apprenticeship. I didn't really know the detail of Lindsay uh, with that side, but that young lady with the photo finish operating, I'll make a suggestion here and here and now. If Kurek would please get those style of uh, new photo finish cameras out to the country areas, this young lady might be just the perfect person to go around and train uh, all of us older folk. Uh, in how to do it because I noticed she commented that she thought her, her uh, grandparents, wasn't it, might need that little bit of technical assistance mm. and uh, she'd do a wonderful job being the person to uh, train us all up. Yeah, that was exactly what Margaret said, that Brianna has been the educational bridge between the generations, uh, being able to uh, explain exactly how to uh, transition into that digital age and, yeah, I guess it's not a case of teaching old dogs new tricks but sometimes it can just be, yeah, just a little bit confusing and when you can then uh, find someone that's very tech savvy with 
all of that sort of uh, thing. She's very much become an asset to the Toowoomba Turf Club. We need to look back at what happened on the weekend as far as the Premiership is concerned because it's getting down to the final meetings this coming weekend and uh, the meetings at Longreach and Julia Creek certainly had a big part to play in that last Saturday. With about 300 left to go and Mashani Operator releases the brakes and gets about a length but can't get away from Nixie Boy at this stage. And down the outside, Nitwit. Now he goes full ball on Mashani Operator. Mashani Operator with another toss coming late. And Nixie Boy, Mashani Operator, hands and heels to the line. Mashani Operator, left and three quarter. Nixie Boy, good run. Another tosser in for third. Bottom line, there's a decent run into Yes, Mashani Operator taking out the uh, seventh race of the program there at Longreach on the weekend. Rob, that was a, a winning, uh, part of the winning treble for Rick McMahon at the, uh, the program you had there and Todd Austin with a double. And that's uh, going to make it very interesting as far as the trainer's tally is concerned because at the same time, Tanya Parry had a treble at Julia Creek. So that makes them pretty much level pegging at the moment. You'll talk more about that in a moment. But with that double, I think that makes Rick pretty much unbeatable as far as the, uh, the Country Jockeys Premiership is concerned. Yeah, Rick McMahon has uh, sealed up this uh, Country Jockeys Premiership. Uh, he's gone right to the top, 10 clear of his nearest rival. He sits on 52 wins with Dan Ballard on um, 42. Of course, Dan having a double at Julia Creek as well. And it was just interesting to see right down to 22 to the top uh, 10 jockeys or 11 with the ties on 22 there. You've got jockeys like Robbie Farr and Jason Misson who regularly come out to this area. And we'll hear later uh, Lacey Morrison uh, leapfrogged a few with her performances in Atherton. But when you look at these two meetings, Tony, and the trainers' premiership, it really does come down to the wire and this weekend is the determining factor because Tanya Parry and Todd Austin both sit on 54 winners. Tanya certainly has far more seconds and thirds, etc., due to weight of numbers, but it's really going to become interesting when we look at the program this weekend. But on the, on the Saturday just gone, um, well, between Longreach and Julia Creek, there was plenty of interest in, in measuring this premiership because Tanya had a treble up at Julia Creek and Todd, as you said, had the double at uh, Longreach. We heard uh, Rick's winner there with Mashani Operator. I'll start with that horse, even though it was a Shane Iverson-trained runner. Uh, cutest money going off. But this Domesday, he's a three-year-old, obviously in the in Mick Crook's ownership of Mashani Enterprises. He's now won all four for the stable, and he's been impressive every time. And, uh, look, Rick McMahon really was kind with him, had an armchair ride with the 64 kilos over Nixie Boy and another tosser. And uh, that was the second of uh, Rick's tr winning treble. Because in the final race, this was the main event on the program, the Arthur and Beryl Moody Memorial Open Handicap over the 1,000. And Wall Street Tycoon, you talk about a field with horses coming out of Battle of the Bushes, Country Stampedes, and you look at Wall Street Tycoon, American Genius, Van Winkle being in the Country Cups final, Fully Max, Zucaz, uh, Drayman, all of these have been representative. So this was a strong field, and Wall Street Tycoon has now won two from three since the spell. And basically, even though it wasn't able to cross early on, it was comfortably uh, ridden outside the leader and got up by length and three quarters over American Genius. And a, a very promising horse, I think, in Hand Dynasty, uh, working his way through the, um, the grades. Um, of course, um, we've got Rick. Now, where did I get Rick's other winner, Tony? I'm just having a bit of trouble finding all my notes here. I've got him down with three. Um, with the House. races at Longreach on the weekend. Did yeah. I give him one too many? No, Halcyon House, Mashani Opera. Oh, Halcyon House, how could I forget? 
Yes, Halcyon House was on the uh, bottom part of the page or the top part. Yeah, Halcyon House, he's another one for Todd. Now, this is the double for Todd. Halcyon House and uh, Wall Street Tycoon. Two very promising horses. Two from two at the track now. Four wins and a third from his only five runs for the stable. And he was the first leg of a winning double for Stallion Husson, actually, on the day. But Todd Austin's got this horse in great form. He's part owned by uh, Pam Carolyn who was also the part owner of a previous winner we'll mention in a moment, and Hands and Heels, uh, the uh, Hands and Heels group of Kerrid Power uh, part ownership as well. But Healthy and House, too strong for an improving soul air and live and free. And again, uh, a win that uh, Rick was able to dictate to the rest of the field and a strong win in, in on the end. So that really sealed the country premiership. Uh, with the uh, three winners there. I mentioned Pammy Carolyn uh, being an owner that's on fire with her horses. Well, she part owns a horse that Mark Oates took over from Charlie Prowl. Now, Charlie's had a, a bit of a hernia operation, I believe, in recent weeks, so hasn't been able to do the training side. So the landing was transferred to Mark Oates, and we, we certainly wish uh, Charlie a speedy recovery. But for the first run for the stable of the landing... He probably needed to win, Tony, because I, I do believe he dumped Mark in the training track uh, during the week. So he, was, he wasn't on his best behaviour, but Mark's got the best out of him for the weekend. And Jason Misson was able to position him well in the race. And he came again in the field, to, or in the straight, to defeat Strawberry Blonde and Hot Chocolate that's uh, trained by Charlie Prow as well. So this Dawn Approach horse, I'm sure, will be with Mark uh, for a couple of runs uh, now. I'd say all is forgiven for any of that uh, nonsense of tossing him off the saddle. And uh, we might see more of the potential of the landing. Now, Rodney Little and Emma Bell, their association continues. And with a horse, I think, keep an eye out for this horse going further with uh, Longreach Cups coming up down the track. I know this is only a benchmark 55, but Helmet Head, of course, by Helmet. Two from two at the track now. First time he's won below 1,600. And he was too strong for surprise selection that came late at the finish and uh, brave Nick after leading all the way. Uh, holding on pretty well, only a length and a half uh, from the winner. But Helmet Head... Uh, is certainly a horse that I think can uh, keep progressing. And as the distances go up, he'll only get better. And to look at the other winners on the day there, Gary Brown, locally trained, a therapy owned by the brothers, Gary and Darcy Brown. Ross Tilly riding this one for the stable, having its first win for the stable over She Made Me Do It. And Star Twinkle, there's another Austin McMahon combination there into third. But really good to see the Brown brothers uh, get that win with this sidestep mare. And uh, Music Award. Now, Denisha Smith, he made the effort to get all the way down to Longreach. I believe they sent him on the wrong direction the first time and sent him via Emerald, so he had the long trip down. But the shorter trip home when we gave him the directions uh, were well rewarded with the win on Music Award for Boy Forster, being in the money three of its last four, and the Seamus Award five-year-old gelding. Uh, came with a well-timed run over an improved run by Viking Raid and Royo into uh, third place. And the maiden on the program, it looked like the odds-on favourite for Mark Oates and Jason Misson were going to give that team a double when used early. Of course, the ownership group uh, includes one Max Tanks and Andrew Watts and a few other names there that will be known to local racegoers. But used early had uh, looked as though it had the race zone up about 200 out. It had skipped clear at uh, entering the straight, but it was um, running on a bit of empty petrol at that point, and Typhoon Talaya, with the benefit of a lot of runs under the belt, provided the Husson Stallion with its second consecutive winner on the day when it got up over Hughes early, going away to win by a half length. 
with all sorted into uh, third place. So that was a great day's racing, Tony, also because it wasn't only the seven-event program that we originally got with the washouts, with the extra two uh, races, but this great initiative where Racing Queensland is working with clubs when there's an opportunity to split after acceptances, that led to the eight races on the day for Longreach. Onto the uh, program at Julia Creek, and uh, I've got to give a, a wrap to. I reckon it was Jason Hooper's drone that was doing the uh, the video footage instead of the traditional camera. While perhaps not traditional and not the usual way of watching the races, but looking at the uh, the race replays through the uh, the Racing Queensland YouTube page. Uh, just wonderful so shots of the uh, the drone following the, the field around. At least we were able to catch some of the action there at Julia Creek. Yeah, and I, I hear on the grapevine the drone might be making an appearance at Caulfield this weekend as okay. well. So, And that's also linked in with, I think, on the bit uh, with their coverage. That's where I heard that one from. But yeah, Hoops does a great job with all his photography work. Um, but as I was saying at the beginning of this segment... Tanya Parry, well, the three winners, that just tied up that premiership. And not only get three winners, well, why not throw in a trifecta as well uh, in one of the races? And she kicked it off with uh, Jeff Felix, who uh, has also done extremely well in terms of that um, jockey premiership uh, for the year with all the extra riding he's doing in the uh, western areas. Uh, he, he sits in third place on 39 wins. And he, he kicked it off with Tanya with elusive reward. First win in three for the stable, the reward for effort mare over Armageddon Flyer and the appointed time. Now, the other winners um, for Tanya then came later in the program in race three with the cutest winner of Sneaky Truths. This was the second of Dan Ballard's double, a Spill the Beans winner again. Third run for the stable over A Million Dreams and a Gossiping Girl. And then, of course, the trifecta for her came in uh, race five on the program when Injustice, with Keith Ballard on board, an unencumbered six-year-old defeated Volcanic, and uh, you've called Charlie. So three winners on the day. Todd Austin wasn't getting away from Tanya in the premiership. She nailed him back, and uh, it's all squared up with uh, one week to go. So we look forward with interest with that. I mentioned Dan getting a double. Well, he combined with Mum with Latin Days. And this horse is in really good form, the Poet's Voice. Won its last four over Wicked Willie and uh, Bold Sam. And, of course, uh, it, it was doubles across the board in a lot of ways because uh, I mentioned Jeff Felix getting a double. Well, his double came partly with Jay Morris, who also had a double. And Jay's doing a great job with Cato. Three wins, two placings, its last five. One at the, T at the Mount Isa TAB meeting the Statue of Liberty at its last start and defeated Craigley Altona and... Uh, Teddy Mercury, and then uh, Jay combined with Hoops, Jason Hooper, with the last winner on the day uh, in Don't Despair, defeating Stibby Strategic and Magnate. First run for the stable. Now, Tony, this dissident, this is a horse that uh, the Mount Isa Club auctioned off, and Mick Cully and other councillors were the, um, the buyers of the auction horse. So first start in the new stable there for Jay Morris. Gets up in the benchmark 65 over 1350 and uh, defeat Snippy Strategic and Magnate. So great result there and a great initiative that Mount Isa Club in doing that. And uh, what a great a great advertisement now for uh, that when you get the auction horse winning first up for the team. Yeah, wonderful to be able to see something like that. And and great support too. Uh, was it uh, your program there at Longreach on the weekend? Uh, Clear Mountain Fairview Studs uh, sponsored that race and there was a stallion service fee also attached to that. 
Was I right? Yeah, definitely. And uh, that decision now, I suppose, with the ownership group of uh, Helmet Head. Uh, maybe Rod Little will have a bit of input going into that. But uh, great to see the Frappel family. Of course, uh, Mick and Lisa have been great supporters out here and uh, of our area. And great to see that initiative there. But, uh, Tony, one thing about this um, this head-to-head battle in the Premiership, when you look at the, uh, the weekend races coming up, it's really going to be intriguing because you've got the Central West having Tambo on and you've got the North West having Caulfield. Uh, I'm going to Caulfield, watch his head at a Tambo. I could just imagine, well, particularly Todd, in, uh, likely to have runners in maybe both places mm-hmm. um, if there's a desire to seal up the premiership. But I know Tanya will have weight of numbers certainly going to that uh, meeting at Caulfield. So it really comes down to the wire for the trainers' premiership. Well, Tanya had 18 runners at Julia Creek last Saturday for those three wins and five placings. And... Yeah, uh, for, uh, for I was just having a look at it because the thought had crossed my mind there as well. Probably a six-hour trip for Tanya to get from Mount Isa heading east over to Caulfield. For Todd, he's only got a couple of hours down the highway to get to Tambo. Uh, what's Bar Calden to, to Caulfield going to be? That's a, just a little bit further up the road. It's only it's only three to four for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 412k. So, yeah, yeah only four, four and a bit to get up that way. So... No, this weekend will be very, very interesting to see uh, how that uh, trainer's uh, premiership is going to go. And just on this weekend, Rob, uh, following on from the TAB program today at Kilcoy, we have TAB racing on the Thursday at Cairns, Saturday at Townsville for the Ladies Bracer and Magnetic, I- uh, Magnetic Island Mile program. We mentioned Caulfield Cup Day, the real Caulfield, C-O-R-F-I-E-L-D. It is St George Cup Day on Saturday, the Great Western Sprint and the head of the Barku River Cup at Tambo. And also Middlebound Cup Day coming up on Saturday. And we thought, while we're talking about the calendar, Tony McMahon can jump in here and uh, tell us what's coming up at Middlebound this weekend. G'day, Tony. Oh, good day to you, Tony, and uh, hi, Rob. Hey, big Morning, Tony. Rob, uh, as you know, they only race the, the once a year, and it's a, a massive big track. The whole township turned out. It's a mining town, and they put on a mighty show. They, uh, particularly so for the, for the kids, they've got all the hurdy girdies. It just looks like a, a sort of a show. And uh, that magic time there at Middlemet on Saturday, um, Cup is worth $12,500. And let's just hope they get some uh, good nominations because there's plenty of racing on, as you've uh, just alluded to. One of the things they have done this uh, year is they're paying an $80 rebate, an extra $80 to every jockey for every ride. So it makes it worthwhile for the jockeys that are going out there. It brings them in almost $300 a ride. So... That's for the credit of the club because it is very difficult, as you know, Rob, to get jockeys with so many of these meetings clashing. Yeah, it's great to see those initiatives. I just mentioned Denisha Smith making the effort to get out here from Townsville and getting support from our club and uh, trainers who put him on board. But have they got the dash out race again, by the way, Tony? I believe they have. I, uh, not, not right up to par, but they normally have that every year, so I'd be surprised if they don't have it, and uh, that's quite attractive as well. Uh, yeah, but they do a very good job at Middlemount, and I'm looking forward to going out there and calling We've got uh, plenty of racing coming up, actually, at Yapoon the following Saturday, back to Keppel Park at Yapoon and Gladstone Cup on um, Saturday the 13th of August. So uh, three big country meetings in the next couple of weeks. We were mentioning yeah. at the top of the show, Tony, that the uh, the carnival, the Northern uh, Coast Carnival, I guess we can say, has been uh, rolling its way through. The caravan's made it to Rocky and Mackay so far, and now we're off to Townsville, Cairns, and the far north Queensland amateurs. Uh, been some great racing through Rockhampton and Mackay leg of the carnival. Certainly has, and uh, there's a couple of things that they might have gone a little bit unnoticed down south, and one in particular I've been highlighting up here on the Rockhampton Jockey Club's Facebook page is the, the efforts of uh, jockey Robbie Frad. He's ridden 34 winners since the 1st of June. Now, that's unheralded anywhere in Australia. I defy any other jockey who's ridden 34 winners. He rode a, a treble at Mackay last, uh, last Saturday, including the Cup, 
and the day before a double at um, at Gatton. So he's really, uh, you know, he's putting in a Herculean effort. He's ridden at 22 different race meetings in something like uh, oh, 37 days. It's, it's quite remarkable. So uh, he, he rode the treble here on uh, one of our meetings over the carnival. And, of course, we had Woolly Pike here. He was a very big attraction. They had a, a huge turnout at Rockhampton. And we've also got Jason Taylor coming up regularly here now. Like he won a Stradbroke handicap. And back in 2001, Jason won a uh, Rockhampton Cup on uh, Skymaker. So it's a, a completely changing evolution all the time with these fly-in, fly-out jockeys. You don't hear them for quite a while. All of a sudden, they lob back on the scene. But those two in particular, Jason Taylor and uh, Robbie Frad, they're making their mark up here. Uh, and, uh, I think particularly Jason Taylor is going to come regularly. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Robbie Frad come as well. And uh, one thing that Tony mentioned early in the show, Tony, um, was the work Racing Queensland are doing with their stories. Can I also congratulate you, the work that you're putting in with the stories going on to that uh, Rocky uh, Facebook site in particular. I know you link me in with everything and I get to read most of them, but uh, it just brings back, in many cases, like the recent one you did with the, the photograph um, of the jockeys at the uh, the Ken Russell funeral, it just brings back many memories for people. It's just tremendous work you're putting in. Congratulations on that. Very kind of you. I I really enjoy the work and I'm very fortunate the Rockhampton uh, Jockey Club appreciate it. I really think, and I'm not getting carried away here, but I I, I would think that the Rockhampton Jockey Club's Facebook side is one of the best for any race club in Australia because it's continually got news and all the relevant happenings of all the races and uh, it's quite remarkable. I've even got people contacting me from New Zealand who read it, and I mean that in all sincerity. One in particular, Nigel Landers, a former very well-known trainer who trained Abbott to win all those races at the Gold Coast, the Prime Minister's Cup. He's a regular, and it's just fantastic to be able to deliver all the news to people, and especially the history of, uh, of racing in Rockhampton and in, mm. and in central Queensland, indeed. Yeah, it's, uh, in the digital age, uh, it's near, wide and far, and certainly goes international, and we get the same sort of correspondence come back to us here on Bushby. Jared Daffy was up at the Sunshine Coast through the, uh, the Winter Carnival and just caught a cab heading off to, uh, to the racetrack. And uh, his cabbie said, yeah, I listen to that show all the time. I cannot remember the guy's name for the life of me, but he said, send us a shout-out to the fat cabbie at Calandra. <laughs> no, so, you're right, Tony. Yeah, it's it, quite it, remarkable. It's amazing when you get that kind of correspondence coming through. We've got to roll through a couple of other results. Tony, thanks for joining us for that quick plug for Middle Mountain. We'll uh, look forward to catching up with the results of that next week. Thanks very much, Tony. Thank you very much, Rob Fox. There's uh, Tony McMahon looking at what's coming up this week. Rob, want to give mention to uh, a, 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 I'll try again, speaking English, a Herculean effort at the Atherton program on the weekend where, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Lacey Morrison and Charlie Hoffman, they had uh, five goes each at the five races and came home with four winners on the day. Into the straight and the delinquent shot to the lead. Max Seven out after it, and they were followed by Prompt Reply. It's uh, still in front here, the delinquent. Max Seven trying to pick it up. It's the delinquent in front. Another one for Morrison and uh, Lacey Morrison, Charlie Huffman. The delinquent first, Max Seven second, Prompt Reply third. Then the beat goes on. There's a lot of catcher. Back behind the men came Keith. As much as it's not the best audio quality, Rob, I had to play that just because you hear the, the the crowd going off. That was the last race of the program at Atherton with the delinquent bringing up the uh, the four wins for both Lacey and Charlie. The funny thing was uh, that they only combined for three of them because Charlie's other winner was for uh, had uh, Isabella Tay in the uh, the saddle, and Lacey rode a winner for John Kilroy. So they effectively had uh, five competitors on the day, uh, five rides for Lacey, five runners for Charlie, four wins each, and then the other one that they didn't win actually ran fifth, and that was the other one that they did combine with. Uh, when you, you have a look and see that the the other one there that did run fifth was Verbalizer, 
in the open. Well, that didn't worry Charlie because she won that race with Isabella, but it didn't help Lacey out to try and ride the card. <laughs> and I think the crowd rode the uh, emotion of uh, getting that fourth winner when you hear that coming down the straight with the delinquent, the DEFCON getting up uh, for Charlie. And, uh, yeah, and, and these these two have done extremely well in the premiership as well. Lacey's now jumped to 28 wins with that performance and uh, Charlie Hoffman sitting on 19 in the trainers' uh, premiership. As you mentioned, uh, they kicked it off. They, they bookended the program. Sogni in the first race, the Dream Ahead Mayor, first win for the campaign, taking the uh, benchmark 45. Well, Charlie just continued bang, bang, bang. Races 1, 2, 3. Cupid's son in the second, as you said, for Isabella Tay of the Love Conquers All over Bet on Love. Uh, and Balavita for Lacey Morrison in the third, the Spirit of Boom. Uh, John Kilroy and Lacey then interrupted that uh, sequence with uh, I Love Rock and Roll um, and Edna into second and Whitstock third and then the delinquent they back in back into that combination they took took home the the bickies in the last so magnificent performance and of course we all know Lacey Morrison's story with uh, apprenticeship through to jockeying through to stewarding now back to jockeying and and a great help to many of the uh, younger jockeys on the circuit so well done Charlie and uh, Lacey on a fantastic day out at um, Atherton on the weekend and at Emerald on the weekend Tony there were doubles galore there as you said earlier in the show uh, this was a uh, seven event program and Clinton Taylor uh, continued with his great training performances uh, Clinton of course uh, got the double uh, and a young jockey that we uh, mentioned last week with the first winner race to race double for this combination Brooke Johnson and Clinton Taylor on iMagic the Hidden Dragon that's three from three from the stable uh, over all native and lucky time and the cutest money going off for all place getters Attackabeel for Clinton and Brooke over Sherezi and uh, Buddy Ollie in the benchmark 60 so they combine with that double uh, Glenda Bell of course the Queen of Pioneer Park also gaining a double on the day. Her win came with Demural. Now, here's a horse with ability. Morgan Butler rode this one first up since January in a Brisbane campaign when it was with David Van Dyke. It, uh, as a five-year-old, it's going places. Defeated Shiguru Mahogany and Mozzie Crown. And, of course, then uh, the combination then of uh, Glenda and Jay Doolan with Prunda wrapping up the program, the Class B. And all the way win on Prunda, rated nicely in front. The Love Conquers All, defeating Adam's Apple and She's Our Empress. And, of course, Jay Doolan had the double on the day, riding a winner for Liam Birchley and getting the cutest money with Real Tidy in the benchmark 45 over If You Say So. And uh, Gum Nuts... So that left it to Mark Barnum and Raymond Williams. And here's a horse that loves Emerald and Pioneer Park, Arwenichi, the Zupa one. Seven-year-old now, five wins, four seconds and a third from ten at the track. Came off the Battle of the Bush run at its last start and backed up there to win over Shijin and Galapagos. Great to see Arwenichi back in that winning form. But uh, congratulations all round there. And, of course, the other winner I should mention, Daryl Johnson combined with Natalie Summers and Shatterproof, the spirit of boom, over to Saic and Candy Dawn. But doubles all round at Emerald. And then Roma had a bit of uh, drama going on. Tony on the Saturday uh, with the meeting uh, was moved back to the Sunday and they got through it quick. They started at 10 o'clock with the first race and it was over by midday. So all participants could get on their way. And uh, Craig Smith doing the calling on the day. I saw that uh, his staff were able to help out and Craig was able to get behind the binoculars again uh, for the day there and just running through those winners. Hangry, another horse that's by Super One that's going quite well and a uh, good record at the track. Third win uh, in the career over Arachula and lucky enough. 
And here's one for Craig himself, Nevrom Lyon, this jungle ruler. He's uh, had three starts, two wins in a second from three. Um, and uh, he won here at his last start, so he enjoys the sand. Keep it on. Nebron Ruler made into a Class B straight away, and he defeated a good runner in Wasmet with Rising Spirit third. Gary Gearin and Wayne Baker combined with Orders, the Rothsay that defeated Palentiful and Schnitz Creek. And then Matty Crop quinellaed the cutest money with Coins Road over Sabuli, which was more favoured in the market. Uh, Alicia Donald riding Coins Road that's had two from four at the track, the Spirit of Boom. And Craig Smith had Craig and Hoff completing the cutest money going off. And Matt Crop, of course, with a, a race-to-race double, wrapping up the program with Salazar. That's also had uh, two wins in three placings from five at the track, the Deep Field Mare, uh, over Tango Tino that uh, won out at... Uh, Helfer recently, and Radapole into third. So great that the program got through. After a little bit of drama on the Saturday, it rolled along into Sunday, and uh, congratulations to all winners. Main reason behind the early start too, Rob, was that the uh, City's Rugby League race day that uh, was scheduled for the Saturday was part of the uh, the big uh, Rugby League extravaganza that they had on the weekend in Roma. They had no less than five games of, uh, of league on the Sunday at Arthur Beetson Oval at the uh, the city's grounds. So consequently, uh, a lot of people involved in both clubs and a lot of people involved with uh, both uh, the uh, wanting to be there as uh, sponsors or something like that, and especially then for regular race caller Peter Flynn. Well, he was uh, heavily involved there uh, getting off to to call the likes of the, uh, the Queensland Outback ladies winning their game against Northern United and all of the other matches that were on. So while Flinney was uh, pulling on his boots ready for the league day, that was why Smithy had to get the 10 by 50s out and call a Roma meeting in the morning. But at least they were able to get them uh, all the way through and it wasn't uh, cancelled for the weekend. Plenty of cooperation in the country. And, of course, the interest in the country is now going to focus with the new race magazine showing the... Uh outline of the conditions for the Country Cups Challenge and Country Stampede. And I note, Tony, that the Country Cups is now a $200,000 race to be run on George Moore Stakes Day at Dooman on the 3rd of December. The Stampede Final, $105,000 race. And, of course, the key uh, qualification factors are restricted to no Metropolitan wins in the last two years and restricted to horses that have started in any of the qualifiers. But they may, they must have started in a minimum of five races at the country. So that's all available on the red pages in the middle of the race magazine that's just come out. Check it out because that's the next stage for all the country participants. And it'd be remiss of me from Western Queensland not to congratulate Todd Austin and uh, Brookie Richardson for a great run by Echo Point into fifth place in the Mackay Cup on uh, Saturday, Tony. We'll talk more about those Country Cups Challenge and Country Stampede heats in the weeks to come because they kick off on the 17th of September. And as you say, the final coming up on George Moore Stakes Day at Durban. We've covered plenty of territory this morning, Rob. Another busy week out of the way, but another busy weekend on the way. Plenty of race meetings coming up, as you've outlined, and we'll look forward to being at Caulfield uh, in the northwest uh, for the week of weekend of racing. If you've got any great stories, email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au. Back next week for another great coverage of country racing. Good on you, Rob. Have a great week. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Our thanks to Rob Luck, Jared Wessel and Tony McMahon joining us this week on Bushby. Good luck to all of the clubs racing this weekend. The Big Ladies Bracelet Day at Townsville, Caulfield Cup Day, Middlemount Cup Day, St George Cup Day and Great Western Sprint Day at Tambo. And uh, that will bring the current racing season to a close. And we'll be back next Tuesday to report on all of those race programs and plenty more here on Bushbeat here on Radio Tab.